The determined homeschool mama hunkers down to her routine, despite exhaustion or aggravation. The new homeschool mama begins homeschooling with fervor, then quickly realizes she's consumed and spent. Homeschool mamas grapple with overwhelm, doubt, perfectionism, loneliness, anger, boredom, and impatience. Basic self-nurturing is easily overlooked with a steady stream of homeschooled kids' needs. You're going to find straight talk today about self-nurturing practices that address real homeschool mama's needs because today I'm going to talk about my book, Homeschool Mama Self-Care, Nurturing the Nurturer. Welcome to the Homeschool Mama Self-Care Podcast. I'm Teresa Wiedrich, Homeschool Life Coach at CapturingTheCharmLife.com. This season is dedicated to those homeschool moms who want to shed what's not working so they can show up purposefully, authentically, and confidently. And especially today, I'm dedicating this episode, just as I did in my book, to my co-travelers, my co-journeyers, those homeschool mamas who are choosing to thrive, not just survive this homeschool life season. This is the fifth season of the Homeschool Mama Self-Care Podcast, so I hope you've heard the message throughout the seasons that there's more to self-care than spa visits and dark chocolate but you should always have dark chocolate. Conscientious self-care strategies help new homeschool mamas to confidently homeschool. And conscientious self-care strategies keep homeschool mamas homeschooling. My goal here on the podcast, in coaching, and in my book and journaling workbooks is to provide tools to do what homeschool mamas want to do. Enjoy the charms of our homeschool lives. So welcome to today's episode where we're going to talk about my book, Homeschool Mama Self-Care, Nurturing the Nurturer. But more importantly, this book is entirely addressed to you. I sat in my fruit orchard with the chickens pecking at my red painted toes and wrote a book designed for me, for my heart, in my homeschool journey, and for yours too. As you may have heard along the way, I've learned that though there be many charms in this homeschool lifestyle, there are also plenty of challenges. Like the first year idealism. We came across the most amazing lifestyle ever. We tripped into it or we planned for it for a long time. And it's amazing until it's not. Or we reach slump month, the January blues or whatever you want to call it. And we get kind of burned out, bored. Even over the years, we discover that this homeschool thing can be messy. I don't mean just what's on your kitchen counter or what hasn't been swept out from the mudroom or possibly all the things that are probably gathering in your sofa cushions right now. I'm talking about really getting clear on who your child is, what they need, and how you can show up on purpose to address and engage those things intentionally. Also, other stuff in life happens along the way. It's not just a homeschool lifestyle for mom. We got a whole bunch of stuff going on outside of our homeschool life. And of course, if we aren't addressing the real homeschool mom needs, we'll eventually come to the end of ourselves, get depleted, possibly exhausted, 
There is a reason that so many homeschool moms will speak about what they do for homeschool burnout. So our goal is to prevent that. Rather, we want to embrace all the charms of our homeschool lives, the incredible memories in the scrapbooks of our minds or maybe on the Instagram accounts of our iPhones. We get to know our children deeply. We get to clarify our family dynamics and grow up ourselves alongside our kids. We get to become more us as we encourage our kids to become more them too. We learn all sorts of things about learning. We frankly, we expand our education beyond anything we thought we would. Who really gets the best education? We get to live our lives beyond the cultural narrative, the cultural narrative that tells us to live our lives a specific way, whatever way you're thinking about right now. We get the ultimate education. We get to build on our creativity and encourage our kids' creativity and live that expanded, purposeful life. However, no doubt, it is ultra-responsibility. Endless effort required, taking care of your kids and all the things, and also taking care of you. Homeschooling can take a lot out of homeschool moms. When you put that much effort into taking care of others, you need to be taking care of yourself. But are you? So I'm going to ask you four questions for you to consider before we jump into some of the things that I share in my book, Homeschool Mama Self-Care, Nurturing the Nurturer. First obvious question is, are you taking care of yourself and how? What are the areas that you know you need to hone or create better plans around so that you can take better care of yourself? If you were your own mother, a kind, gentle, nurturing mother who also encourages you toward the thing that really would serve you the most in your life, what would you do for you? And the last question is, have you ever considered how you want to feel in your homeschool? What's your intention around how you want to experience your homeschool? Of course, life gets in the way, so I'm not suggesting you can stick to a word or a feeling and run with that your entire life. We all know that ain't going to happen, but we can make it a goal. We can create a vision. We can imagine. So just imagine for a moment Fast forward maybe three, five years. It's hard to imagine what it would be like to fast forward to year 18 when you have a one-year-old. Just imagine what life might be like in three years. How do you want to feel? How do you want to have experienced this mom, mother, homeschooling lifestyle? So welcome to the episode where we consider how me, Teresa Widrick, might inform your homeschool life. If you've ever read my book before you've listened to this episode, would you shoot me a message to tell me how it's impacted you? I definitely want to know. I don't think it's a coincidence that I wrote this book, I believe the summer of 2018. Search for a publisher, editors, graphic designers, all the things in 2019. Published around April 2020. And so I set it aside. I referred to it occasionally, but I didn't spend a lot of time afterward thinking about it. But I did begin to create a few things for homeschool parents that I thought would serve homeschool parents. And they are courses and group coaching 
topics that I would have benefited by way back in the day. I wish someone had come alongside me and said, hey, let's talk about your big emotions. Let's talk about how you need to emotionally regulate and why that's not a thing for you or why you're challenged by that. Let's talk about you building boundaries with pretty much everyone in your life and also creating internal boundaries that help you become more you. Let's talk about self-directed learning and de-schooling to bring you a whole lot more freedom in your homeschool life. And let's talk about all the basics of self-care, like the physical stuff, your sleep, really important, or a morning routine, regular fitness, nutrition, your premenstrual cycle. What about pregnancy and postpartum challenges or perimenopause? No one is talking about perimenopause and homeschooling. I wish someone had come alongside me and given me straight talk about all these things and more because they are the things influencing and impacting us behind closed doors. And I most certainly would have appreciated someone chatting with me about how to grapple with and overcome my doubt, my anger, my sense of failure or not good enough feeling, my impatience, my overwhelm, my loneliness, and my perfectionistic tendencies. Well, guess what? I'm here. And I have walked this homeschool path, and though I don't have answers to your specific scenarios, I do know this, that if you and I sit and chat about your scenario or the challenge that you have, I can help you clarify what you need so you know what the next step is in whatever challenge you have. Because one thing I know, we need to acknowledge our homeschool realities. Before I began homeschooling, I imagined that my homeschool world would include three little girls in white dresses running in and out of the kitchen, the screen door slamming behind them as they joyfully tromped through the garden. We'd go outside with their nature journals after breakfast. We'd sketch and label and listen to the robins tweeting. Then we'd cuddle on our white sofa with a read aloud to while away the afternoon. Maybe we'd read The Secret Garden. Little Women, or one of Jane Austen's offerings. Well, it didn't take long for me to discover that little girls in white dresses get dirty. Not every kid loves to nature journal. And some kids don't want to sit at all. It also meant that four kids on a white sofa meant territorial skirmishes. And white sofas in a family home are the epitome of unbridled homeschool optimism. And girlfriend, I own that sofa. Until... It was no longer white. I learned homeschooling has as many challenges as it has charms. With each family comes different challenges, so I know that yours are not identical to mine. But here are a few common ones I've noticed along the way. Like homeschooling in the beginning. The first homeschool year feels like swallowing an open fire hydrant in one gulp. Having all the kids in one place, trying to teach them something, anything, making lunch, reading, French sentences, answering math questions, felt like a multitasking expedition. Peace and joy, like complete peace and joy. Oh, there were so many advantages to walking into that homeschool path the first year, and I saw them too. But that first homeschool year 
my expectations were unreachable. Sometimes the kids would bicker more because relationships were being negotiated. My personal thinking time felt like an endangered species, as endangered as a snow leopard on the beach. It was a challenge to find time alone that wasn't on a toilet seat, and even that wasn't always quiet and alone. And in what part of our homeschool day was I supposed to be homeschooling anyway? Or trying to keep up with housework? It felt like a mess was made right after one was cleaned. In the beginning, there were a barrage of homeschool philosophies that overwhelmed me as I soaked in all the homeschool research, learned from established homeschool mamas that were writing on Facebook threads or on the website, homeschool blogs, or as I was reading homeschool books. That research provided loads of ideas, but it also provided proof that not everyone else seemed to know how to homeschool right, whereas the newbie, me, was swimming in a sea of uncertainty or drowning, as it sometimes seemed. Another homeschool reality is, as I've spoken to before, slump month. It's known amongst the homeschool community as the winter blues or January blues or slump month. Somewhere in February, for me, the fog and the clouds settle in low and solidly on our River Valley homestead. Sometimes the sun isn't around for weeks. Of course, this is all after the excitement of the new year, which feels long behind us. That season of celebrations ended, and the only break to look forward to is spring, glorious spring. And in my part of the world, there is a lot of snow in February, which we certainly use for entertainment and exercise, like snowball fights and snowman building and cross-country skiing, if I can get the kids out. Uh, there's also a lot of overcast. The clouds are hung so low that I can't always see across the river, let alone past the edge of our lawn. These are the kind of days that make us want to do a workbook bonfire and watch documentaries all afternoon. This is the time of year I sense the kids are ready to fly away from their routine like the geese at our neighboring island in late fall. Extracurriculars become ordinary. Everyone just wants to run through the meadows barefoot, climb every mountain, swim through the sea. Very Sound of Music feel going on. Instead, there's a continuous stream of irritations flowing, bickering, and complaining. Can get on a mama's nerves. Can I hear an amen? We, homeschool mamas, are learning superhuman circus tricks as we try to maintain patience, as we listen to yet another argument amongst the siblings, but then we fawn over them when they're tucked into bed. Or at least we assume that they went to bed. We told them to go upstairs, brush their teeth, get on their pajamas, and we'll see them in a few minutes. And if they're not in their pajamas when we asked, or it took them 20 minutes to find their toothbrush, or if they still have their light on after nine, our sweet bedtime wishes turn into lioness roars of exasperation. Again, can I hear an amen? This is one of our homeschool mom realities. How about homeschool boredom? Yeah, it happens with the kids. <laughs> it also happens with moms after a number of years. Even when we're in the early part of our homeschool years, sometimes we mamas feel bored. We don't get to chat at the water cooler on breaks. What breaks? 
And we aren't donning fashionable three-piece suits or really anything beyond possibly joggers and yoga pants. At least that was me. We chat with our little people lots of the day, and sometimes we actually get tired of hearing about Lego builds and Barbie houses. Some days we might want to invite the postal person to sit for a cup of tea and listen to the details of her delivery route instead. Because when we teach enough kids the preposition poem from the First Language Lessons book, which I highly recommend, by the way, we might find ourselves questioning the meaning of life. Stare at that list of prepositions long enough, and you might will, with laser-focused eyes, the First Language Lessons to blow into a thousand bits. Ask me how I know. Also, sometimes our homeschool reality is that homeschooling is messy. Yeah, we all know this. Homeschooling isn't just happily watching our kids' interests and floating from one lovely activity to the next. When once we thought being at home all day meant we could maintain a tidier home, we discover that we live here. Every room is used for something. Some days we can't find erasers anywhere until weeks later we discover them growing under the sofa cushions like a nest of mice. P.S. I still don't know where the scissors are. Some days we finally purchased all the ingredients for that science experiment, then discover that the youngest child dumped the entire bottle of citric acid into a box of baking soda. Well, somebody did science anyway. Eventually we come to understand that the house entryway always needs sweeping, there will always be dishes by the sink, and you will never be asked to photograph for house and home. No matter our cleanliness standards, everything will not stay clean at the same time. One of our homeschool realities is that our homeschool life is packaged in our homes. And sometimes life gets in the way of our homeschool. Maybe you trip into an argument with your partner before you've served breakfast. Your mom gets sick and you have to cancel everything to drive her to appointments, talk to medical personnel and plan for future care. Maybe your neighbor calls to ask if you can care for their dog as they're away because their dog at home is afraid of thunder and lightning happening outside. And maybe a friend needs to take their older child to a doctor's appointment in another city and you're asked to look after their younger child for the day. You don't have a substitute teacher to call as a homeschool parent. Life sometimes gets in the way. Every day won't feel like you're on a homeschool train schedule. One of our homeschool realities is that we might even experience homeschool burnout or some variation of that word. If the notion of putting the kids on a random school bus doesn't sound like a funny homeschool mom joke anymore, if instead you've mouthed the words, help me, as a school bus drives by, you might be experiencing homeschool burnout. Or if you find yourself reacting to kids' squabbles, or you're perpetually irritated that a child won't show interest in his studies by saying, if you don't, then you're getting on that bus Monday morning, you might be experiencing homeschool burnout. And if you've written research the local school's telephone number on your to-do list, or if you're even spending more time lying on the couch 
and just matter of factly calling yourself an unschooler, then maybe homeschool burnout is your diagnosis. Homeschool burnout is not selective. Burnout is not for the classically focused homeschool mamas more than unschool mamas. Burnout isn't just for moms who work part-time or for single-parent homeschooling. Burnout doesn't arrive on your front step in the second year or the fifth, and it doesn't visit if you have five kids or just one, two, or 19, though I would guess burnout would happen faster with 19 kids. You love your kids. Another homeschool reality is that you love your kids. You came into this homeschool thing from the beginning, maybe before they were a size of a bean, or maybe you bounded into this homeschool thing when the kids were well into school because you discovered the engaging nature of other homeschool kids. Maybe you began homeschooling because it seemed like the best choice at the moment for many possible reasons. And now after you've made that choice, you're occupied because you spent hours reading about learning and listening to podcasts like this one and reviewing all sorts of books and curricula. You buy games when you think that your kids might love them. You can plan unit studies on the fly. You plan weekly field trips. You make sure your kids have a balance of healthy and fun foods and they learn how to be independent in the kitchen. You consider the best extracurricular choices for your kids based on their aptitudes and interests, and you even encourage them to earn the money toward it. And you shower them with as many extras as you can afford. You love your kids, and you and your kids are benefited by this homeschool choice, this homeschool life. No, this homeschool life isn't a perfect life, and it certainly isn't an easy life, but it is a charmed life. Your homeschool reality is that it is a charmed life. You get to be with your kids. You get to know them deeply. You get to know the intricacies of your family unit. Your kids get to learn in a way that serves them beyond the school lifestyle. You get to facilitate their interests jointly. You get to watch their aptitudes unfold. And you don't have to wake up early, or you can choose to. You don't have to drive away from your house in pajamas to drop off the kids at school, or you can wear them all day long. You don't have expectations to dress up, or you can. Yoga pants, joggers are just as effective. You don't have to buy low quality food for easy lunches. Your kids can even learn how to cook their own lunches. Your home and community can be the education the school doesn't have to be the sum focus. You don't have to concern yourself about classmate bullying. You watch your kids choose when they want to hang out with their friends and how much time they want to invest in those friendships. There's no requirement to fit random school events into your calendar. You don't have to pay for childcare, bus transportation, or indoor school shoes. You don't have to resist social trends because your kids typically take longer to discover the trend exists. Also, you don't have to facilitate after hours homework unless you choose to. You don't feel compelled to dress your kids in fashion trends unless you want to. You get to reap 
all the joyful benefits of your child's happiest childhood moments. This, too, is your homeschool reality. You get hugs at random times of the day, and you get to read stories with your kids until they're teenagers, because even then you can call it literary hour. You get to explore subjects like classical music, art history, world history, ancient history, economics, political science, even for elementary school age kids, and just because you want to. You can teach home economics and make dinner at the same time. And you can fit in errands whenever you want and call errands a field trip. And as the kids get older, you can fit in time to do what you like, like read, write, build a home business, homestead, or pursue your version of creativity too. All these benefits are yours. This is your homeschool reality. They are yours for the next 20 years or thereabouts. The length of time depends on your number of kids, when you started, if you homeschool through high school. No matter the exact number, it's a whole lot of years. And though ultra-responsibility and endless effort are required, you, girlfriend, are living the homeschool charmed life. I'd love to hear your thoughts on what you think your homeschool realities are. Because, of course, we're all unique and we have very many different stories. So send me a message over at my website, capturingthecharmedlife.com. You want to live your best life over the course of the decades that you have an opportunity to homeschool your kids. Homeschooling's hard work. It takes a lot out of moms. When you're putting that much effort into others, you really need to be taking care of yourself. So let's take a good, hard, long look at yourself. How are you taking care of yourself? I want you to enjoy all the charms of your homeschool story. May you be encouraged and reminded that you are amazing. And may you remember you are as worthy and valuable and amazing as those for whom you care. May these words compel you to build into yourself the self-care practices so that you can nurture the nurturer. Because despite the challenging and charming aspects of our homeschool lifestyle, this is why I've homeschooled. Because living in this vast world, discovering all it has to offer, is intriguing and fascinating and energizing. And I wouldn't want to have done it without my children, even for a short time. I wanted to learn about life with my family for the days we were given together. This is my beautiful big homeschool reality, and I hope it is yours too. As with every podcast episode, I would love to hear how this book has influenced you. You can send me a message directly, or it would benefit the Amazon algorithm if you would share your thoughts over there, and I'd be delighted to share it on my podcast. Or if you've purchased my book from Homeschool Canada or ChristianBooks.com, I'd appreciate if you could share a comment over there too. Before I close this episode, I want to share with you how I fostered my own creativity as a homeschool mom to write this book. Because I want to encourage you to foster your creativity too. And I know that no two moms have the same creativity. No two humans do. Here's what I've done to foster my creativity. 
the same things that I've done to help my kids foster theirs. One is to get out of the way. Let me do my thing. Create space. Allow for space and solitude. So there's margins in my homeschool mom life to do the creative thing. Assume that I have an inner gem or an inner creative path that must be followed. To see that I have a gift, to recognize within myself that I have my own unique gift, and that I even applaud my own gift and take joy in my gift and share it. And not take it so seriously. It can just be play. I've been writing since forever. What have you been doing that you can say you've creatively done forever? It probably didn't start as your intention to make something you could sell or make something that somebody else would applaud or make something that someone else would write about. You just simply wanted to play. So play with whatever creative passion you have. The same things that I've done to help my kids foster their creativity are the same things that I've done for myself. Which required me to, not coincidentally, learn how to manage my big emotions. To build internal and external boundaries. To find space and time away in retreat. To reframe my mindset to alternate perspectives Like, what is learning anyway? What is an education? What's the point of it? Obviously, over my homeschool years, I have had a lot of time to consider those thoughts. When I accept that every person has a unique path to walk, they have unique things to learn so they can live their lives on purpose, then I acknowledge that we each need self-directed paths or encouraging paths that walk closer alongside who we were meant to be here. I'll be offering a free D-School Your Homeschool class in the Facebook support group to help all of us reframe how we do our homeschools. So if you want to set aside time to D-School again or first time ever, you might want to join me. You'll find that in the Facebook group Homeschool Mama support group. And if you can invest a couple minutes in me, I'd really appreciate if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts, or if you've read the book, leave a review on Amazon. I'm going to share with you a few things that other homeschool moms have been sharing with me about the book. Christina, a homeschool mom, says it was like going on a retreat in the comfort of my home. I love the way you phrase so well what I have been feeling as a homeschool mom, like homeschooling is messy or homeschool burnout is not selective. You really make me feel understood and validated. I felt like you sympathize with our plight and cheer us on. Go homeschool moms, get the laundry, have the kids do the dishes, go team. You even seem to understand my love of dark chocolate. Oh yeah, girlfriend, I do. (laughs) And lack of shower days. You don't have spy cameras on over here, do you? I hope. Nope, Christina, I do not. Becca, homeschool mama of seven, said, I found myself completely, utterly depleted. I'd returned from my first mental health unit stay, was surrounded by seven kids, age four to 17, who needed me. I realized how I desperately needed to care for myself as well as I care for my kids. I didn't know where they began and I ended. 
Suffice it to say, I had virtually no boundaries and had a very idealized version in my head of what my homeschool should look like. When I was offered a copy of Teresa Wiedrich's book, I jumped at it. First, the author is hilarious. Thank you, Becca. She covers so much from looking into the whys of homeschooling, managing our many diverse emotions, and caring for our bodies and minds, but also to be mindful of things we might otherwise not notice. She offers a plethora of ideas for having fun, alone, and with kids alike. She shared the value of community and being organized. Overall, I just think this book is fantastic, and I think that any homeschool mom would benefit. Thank you, Becca. Sonia, dear homeschool mama of three, said my homeschool journey has included a growing pile of books that I've read, browsed, or barely got past the first chapter. This book is a delight and a gem. It's not only helpful and inspiring, but also funny. The author is like that no-nonsense brave friend who's looking out for you and your well-being as a homeschooling mama. We all need that friend, and I'm taking my time as I work my way through the chapters and enjoying it all. I love the section on overcoming overwhelm, grappling with perfectionism, and minding and working through our emotions. This book is worth its weight in gold. And Celeste says, wonderful book, down-to-earth and relatable, a must-read for homeschool moms. Megan said this book is a must-have for any homeschool mom, full of practical tips and lots of encouragement. I love how Teresa's open, honest, sharing her story along the way. And a reviewer named Baki, B-A-C-C-I, left a review to say, I was just reading through the chapter in this book last night about anger and failure. Whew, like you're speaking right to me. Thank you for being so honest about those things. Every night, I can't wait to jump back into your book. Thank you for so authentically sharing about the moments and feelings we all experience, but rarely go into detail. And the last review I want to share with you is from Tamara Strijak, daughter of Gordon Neufeld, the academic dean of Neufeld Institute. She said she was, by the way, also a homeschool mom of two. She said, I so appreciated your honesty, your humor, and your down-to-earth suggestions and ideas. Everything you wrote about felt doable, even with the practicalities of running a household. Such important messages and so well-delivered. A must-read. Thank you to everyone that shared their reviews. And um, it has been a pleasure putting it out into the world, being creative and being open and honest with you. My goal is for you to nurture the nurturer. And thanks for joining me today. So until next week, I hope that you and your kids can turn your homeschool challenges into your homeschool charms. You've got this, girlfriend.